Your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's the Locked On Eagles podcast. As always, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you so much for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day, Monday through Friday on all podcast platforms, on YouTube as well, and on Twitter at Lockdown Birds, at GC24 underscore football, at DiBiase, L-O-E. I am Louis DiBiase, one of your two hosts alongside Gino Camilleri. It's a Friday edition of the show. It's Lockdown QB1. And guys, today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. We're loving it. And uh, Gino... But we're not loving, but at the same time, I feel like after the Chargers game, we're not hating right now as the quarterback play after the philosophy changed the last two weeks after the Detroit game and now in L.A. It feels like this team has gone more run-heavy, traditional under-center, traditional play-action style of team. And although that was a bad sign for Jalen Hurts against the Chargers, I actually thought you know the volume wasn't there. But when it comes to the efficiency, I actually did think he did some good things he made a number of really good throws standing in the pocket completing passes over the middle to Devontae Smith I thought that actually was a good sign all things considered in Nick Sirianni's Wednesday press conference he mentioned that quarterback coach Brian Johnson has been down at field level and been able to help Jalen Hurts in between those series and allow Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni to kind of game plan the rest of the way while Brian Johnson is working with Jalen Hurts. And I think you've kind of seen that that quick turnaround on some of those plays where Jalen has been learning throughout the game. And I think you've seen that the last couple weeks. I thought he did a much better job than he has a majority of the season keeping his eyes downfield and standing in the yes. pocket. Even that throw to Dallas Goddard early on, which he missed, you want to see him make that throw. You don't want to see him drop his eyes and get outside the yeah. pocket, which we saw for a majority of the season. To see him even take that chance and make that throw was huge. And then to see him, his question all along was, can he throw down the middle of the field right. when they which have to get back into the, yeah. yeah, and then he has to get back into the game and he throws an absolute dime to Devontae Smith, the all 22 on those two throws to Devontae, the one deep crosser where he's in triple coverage, and then that one for the touchdown. To see how he made those throws and how accurate he had to be was a big step in the right direction for just the fundamental play of Jalen Hurts, which if he sticks to his fundamentals, learns that footwork in the pocket, understands the pressure and can start to maneuver around, you'll see more big plays like that start to pop off. Yeah, and that's why we, both of us, were so adamant about seeing that implemented in this offense mm-hmm. and in Jalen Hurts' game because you can see the benefit of it. And especially for a receiver like Devontae Smith who can eat in so many different areas of the field, you want to 
include that area of the field. It's such a large majority of the football field. And yeah, Gino, I thought it was a good step. I thought his clock was a lot faster. I thought he was just seeing things a lot better. He just looked more comfortable as a pocket passer. And we all know he's never going to be that player that drops back and stands in there 40 times a game. But at the same time, it's again, when he does it is the efficiency there. And I thought it was against the Chargers. And another benefit, another positive, I should say about Hertz Gino against the Chargers that was on full display. And it's the one thing that's been pretty consistent when it comes to positive traits and hurts. One is obviously the mobility, but the other is just the ability to step up late in games when it matters most, like when games are close. And look, although it was a terrible pick, I think Hertz drafting him in 2020 was a, a bad move that neglected in so many ways how it could hurt the team and eventually did. But one thing the Eagles did do correctly when they made that pick was project hurts to be good late in football games in big moments, kind of like Nick Foles was. It's why they took him, right? They saw in 2019 when Carson Wentz went down in the playoffs and they didn't have Nick Foles, Josh McCown couldn't be that guy for you. Hurts has shown this year and last year, although he's so frustrating normally through the first three quarters in the fourth quarter of games, he really does step up like in a vacuum Unfortunately, the Eagles situation was unique and where they took him complicated things. But in a vacuum, what they picked him to do, it is the perfect role for him, right? If he is that like spot starter closer that you need. And again, it's in a vacuum and the NFL is not played in a vacuum. But I think they did project that correctly. Like he was really impressive down the stretch last week. And I wish he would have got the ball more under six minutes. Yeah, that's the one thing that I wanted to see as well. And that's one of the questions that you never really could put on Jalen Hurts was can he do it when the pressure has to right step he's been doing that and, since college I mean yeah he, 2018 SEC title game yeah great point Lou and I think looking at Jalen and the player that he is not only that you know what he could do with his legs and then if you can combine that with his arm you have quite the player and I had tweeted this out on Tuesday and I know you love mobile quarterbacks in Philadelphia and we know Big the time. resume that they had that's here. why I became a fan of them Gino yeah, and I put out the th the big three, I call them, Randall Cunningham, Donovan McNabb, Michael Vick, and their best rushing seasons in Philadelphia per rush yards per game. Right. Randall Cunningham in 1990, his best season, he averaged 58.86 yards a game on the ground. Vick in 2010 averaged 56.33 rush yards a game on the ground. McNabb in 2000, which I thought he had more rush yards in his best season, he only averaged 39.31. Hertz in 2021 is averaging 54.88. He's on pace to be there up with the Michael Vicks and the Randall Cunningham. He's on pace He's got, for 933 rushing yards this year. Uh, there's a chance he could get to 1,000 yards on the ground, Lou. Yeah. And you, I know that there's that comparison that people throw out there with Lamar Jackson, and I know you hate that because Lamar is a very good Arm thrower of the ball. Yeah. Arm yeah. talent-wise, 100%. But you can see how they're setting up their offense is – kind of similar to what Baltimore has been doing, right, Lou? Yep. Where it's run heavy, they're going to make you guess and play 11-on-11 11 11 football. And then when they need to strike down the field, they've opened that up. And I've seen similarities between what they do with Marquise Hollywood Brown in Baltimore and what Devontae Smith has been doing in those intermediate to deep areas of the field. And now that you kind of know, it's like when you go to the driving range, you get a new golf club, right? And yeah. you want to see how far you can hit it, find out your range. I think that's what they were doing in the beginning with Jalen Hurts to find out like where he can lock in. And now you're seeing those areas he could target. I mm. think that opens up the playbook to make it even bigger 
because now you're kind of not constricted to not knowing what sure. he can or cannot do. You know what he can right. do. So build off of that. Fran Duffy of PhiladelphiaEagles.com did a great job breaking down how they went into the same look, the same formation multiple times, but they ran multiple different plays off of it. There was one play when they had Dallas Goddard on the right side. They had Jack Stahl on the left side with two tight ends on the field. They pulled Dallas Goddard across with Jack Stoll being the lead blocker. On one play, they handed it to the running back. The next play, it was Jalen Hurts leading the way, mm -hmm. and it was the same exact look. And now you could build pass plays off of that. These RPOs. Because well, wouldn't that, you agree they're more – I think they've just understood now like who they are. Yes. And I think that's big. Unfortunately, they I think they wanted more, and that's why they were trying to push Hurts so much as a high-volume passer. They were hoping for a different result, but it wasn't it wasn't getting there, right? That's the yeah. thing is like, although he played really well against the Chargers, we do have to contextualize it. And like if you look at – hurts compared to what Justin Herbert was doing it still doesn't feel close to like what a mm. true franchise quarterback would do for you but I'm glad the Eagles are kind of understanding that and Gino it's just funny me and you were talking about it on Twitter today like people really went after me on Twitter last week after the Lions game for saying that the offense has changed because hurts kind of showed he can't carry you as a passer and now it's benefiting the team that they're maximizing his legs and just this team's rushing ability but now you see other media members saying it and maybe it's not so crazy I know for me I'm seen as the hurts hater so anything I say will kind of be misconstrued and taken as a calculated vendetta but I mean, I think it is the truth, and you're seeing that. I mean, only 17 passing attempts on Sunday, 14 the week before. And like you said, though, they're kind of making it a Baltimore offense, and that's the way they're going to be able to produce short-term. Is that going to benefit Hurts and this team in the long run? Probably not, but, hey, that's the way you got to win football games right now. Yeah, it's kind of like when I was young and playing baseball and I tried to be a pitcher, and I always tried to, like, hammer it. And I would always throw it like 15 feet when I would play catch with my grandpa. And he's like, the the accuracy will come. Like, just get the form down. Get the function down. Like, that stuff will come. And I think he's understanding the 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 pace of the NFL now, you know. And that's, that's something that you have to learn. And you see it in all sports, these guys that make that jump from college to the next level. They do have that hump to overcome. And now that he's there and you're figuring out what he can do – and you're seeing what he can do, you don't have to be in these situations early on where you're throwing it 30 times before halftime, which they were on pace for a majority of those games early on in the season. Mm. Now, if you throw him 17 to 20 times a game and you get his completion percentage up, like if he gets that completion percentage up, like maybe five or six points, Lou, I think this offense is right there, like right there with what you want to do, and you're not forced right. to pass it because you're playing yeah. – the clock game, you're running down defenses via your run game. You're beating them up physically. That's mm -hmm. a way to win football. Games. And it's not Is because it, of, yeah, and it's not ideal long-term because you want, eventually the quarterback right. has to be the reason you're winning the majority of the time, but I mean, for this team right now, this is the way it's got to work. It's a, and again, people were, they didn't like that I was forming it as a negative towards Hertz, but I was saying in a positive way for the team and for Nick Sirianni adjusting right. because this is who he is right now, and this is the way you have to win football games. And But that is, uh, to me, a reflection, though, of how they view Hertz right now as a passer. And so that's just the reality of the game right now. That's the reality of this football team, and um, they're, a, they're a team right now that's going to try to win with their quarterback. And Again, it's not like they only gave him one game throwing 40 times and they said, okay, nope, like this is not the way to do it. They gave it half of a season mm -hmm. of 
probably doing it too much of how, like you said, pacing wise, they were just throwing it way too much, way too early. I mean, getting off of their rhythm, but they did give it a really good, fair chance. And although, you know, half a year isn't fair to, you know, rule a quarterback dead in the water or not when it comes to their long-term ability, um, they did really, really try to see if Hertz could, they, this offense could produce in a certain style that they do want long-term. And the thing is, Lou, I think we saw it last game, like when he was asked to throw in meaningful moments within a one score game, it looked like he could do it and he did it. And that's why you and I were upset that the defense didn't get that hold because it was like one more time. Could he yeah. march down the field? Well, you saw them third? drive down with six minutes left. I mean, that that run on third down where he hurdles a guy was incredible. I mean, you wanted to see more of mm-hmm. that. Yeah, and, and I think Ruben Frank had tweeted it out that he is responsible for the third most first down pickups via his legs in the NFL. Yeah. And that's running backs. That's, that's other quarterman because you have the mobility and you have the ability right. to play well late in games. I really, it, it's why we talked about it after the Panthers game. It's why you want to keep giving him opportunities. Um, just again, eventually the opportunities mm-hmm. unfortunately will run out in I a shorter time. Than most. A majority yeah. of the game though, against the chargers. And that's what oh, you want did. to see, yeah. especially against that level of competition too. Mm-hmm. And going into this week, when you're playing a quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater, which you should and have the ability to outduel. I think this is another big test. And then down the stretch, when you're playing these quarterbacks in the division, you're going to see these, these stretches where you're playing in games, especially in the NFC East, you know that some of these games could be shootouts, especially when you go against Dallas the next time it's mm-hmm. going to be, did we turn that corner? And I want to see them continue down this path to what they're doing and continue to work in the play action, continue to work in these motions with these built-in RPOs because it's working. And knowing what your quarterback can do is a step in the right direction. It's getting down the form and then the function will follow it. Like those little things will come. He's, he's understanding, stay in the pocket a little bit longer. Let the routes develop. You have the offensive line. That's the, that's the strong suit believe in those guys. And I think he's getting that trust with them a little bit more over the past couple weeks. There was another big game this weekend, Gino, when it comes to the Eagles quarterback future, it was on Saturday though. It was a college game between Ole Miss and Liberty, Matt Corral against Malik Willis. To me, the top two quarterbacks in the 2022 NFL draft. I want to get our takeaways from that game. It was extremely important for the Eagles. They had scouts there. We'll get into that coming up next right here on lockdown Eagles. And during that game, you know what I was doing, Lou? I was Mm. eating some McDonald's always on a Saturday. It's the easiest thing in the world. I got one 0.2 miles up from my home. I just put the order in right on my phone, go up to the drive-thru, get my order. And McDonald's is always sponsoring the Locked on Eagles podcast. And they're proudly serving communities since 1965. It's always been more than a place to get affordable and tasty food. It's a place where friends and families could come to reconnect. It's a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing that they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. And when those Shamrock shakes come back, you know I'm always there oh, at yeah. McDonald's. They're the best. We used to go there after every lacrosse game. The whole team would show up. We'd order 25 of those things. The best. <laughs> Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, and the home or away team can come to recharge. It's a place where you can go and refuel after a long road trip. If you're going after your kid's Little League game, 
if you're going after the dog park with your dogs like I have, if you want to celebrate a birthday party, if you're on a road trip driving 22 hours from Denver, Colorado, back home to New York, which I do a couple <laughs> times a year, I'm always going to McDonald's along the way. So when you need a place to refuel and reconnect, go to McDonald's. And did somebody say the Lockdown Eagles podcast could have a watch party at McDonald's? McDonald's, I'm loving it. This is Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri joining you on a Friday edition of the show. We thank you for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. And Gino, we're locked on QB1 today. We got deep into Jalen Hurts and his performance against the Chargers in segment one. We'll get back to Hurts against Teddy Bridgewater on Sunday in segment three. But as I teased at the end of segment one, there was a huge game in college football when it comes to the quarterback future of not only the Eagles, but a lot of NFL teams because the top two quarterback prospects in this draft, arguably, but I think the consensus is it's Liberty quarterback Malik Willis and Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral. Which one you have at number one, which one you have at, excuse me, have at number two is debated back and forth, but they went toe to toe. And I thought it was a really interesting game, Gino. I know a lot of people are going to box score scout when it comes to Malik Willis and say he's not ready like this proves like how bad this quarterback class is but I don't know man I know you watched a lot of that game too I love the way he battled against a ranked SEC team considering how bad his protection was considering the dropped passes how he showed off that generational mobility a cannon arm toughness like he nearly pulled them back within six late in that fourth quarter if it wasn't for a bad drop at third and four with a couple minutes left, they would have been set up for another touchdown to put them down by six. I really actually was impressed by both players. And to me, they only helped their stock when it comes to being the top two players of this position in 2022. And the good thing about it is Lou, that there's another game that we recorded this on Wednesday night. There'll be a game on Thursday night between Pitt in North Carolina, and it is reported that Howie Roseman will be at that game to see top prospects, Sam Howell and Kenny Pickett. They're Last doing their week, due diligence, man. They are doing their due diligence. Last week in the game we're currently talking about between Matt Carell and Malik Willis was the second installment of what I call the three best weeks for quarterback matchups because the week prior was Jake Hayner and Carson Strong in one of the greatest games I have watched in my life, to be honest. Carson Strong had a chance to win it in the fourth quarter for Nevada. Leads an unbelievable comeback and just falls short. They put up a ton of points. But last week in that Ole Miss game, Lou, you're looking at a quarterback who has all the things in front of him in Matt Corral. And he's an exciting player. He's able to change levels on his throws. Can we just look at this play? I I knew you were going to. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Hang on. Before you press play, do you see that score at the bottom? What is that? Manchester City 2 versus Man United? Get your your soccer. soccer. It It was the Derby day, baby. It was a big day before. Show the clip, Lou. It's great. Yeah, I I do think that although, again, I, I, I really liked what Malik Willis did, honestly. I thought he battled back and showed a lot of good things in the ability to bounce back through adversity, hang in the pocket too. I think like Jalen Hurts, Malik Willis does tend to have a slower clock right now when it comes to diagnosing a defense, both pre and post snap. Um, And he does hold on to the football a little longer, but I think it's because he's looking for the big shot. I think that's more of a Carson Wentz thing he has rather than a Jalen Hurts, but he has all the traits and I thought he showed a lot of growth on Saturday, but I thought Matt Corral right now cemented himself as the top quarterback in this class. I mean, he's battling with injuries too that he's been dealing with for a couple of weeks now. The guy still threw for over 300 yards, what, three touchdowns on the day. And he made plays like this where, I mean, you look at the mobility, being able to spin out of this play 
on third down and then make this sidearm throw like the the arm power is there the touch his mechanics are so smooth honestly Gino like Malik Willis has been my QB one since last offseason but I'm starting to I'm starting to think Corral might be the guy it's an unbelievable play and the thing about him is he's been playing SEC competition all along and it really hasn't been too difficult for him he's had a few up and down games but everything seems to be there and the funny thing is him and Bryce Young who's at Alabama were like the two top guys coming out of California that year and Bryce Young red shirts Corral goes in there he plays and now Corral has a chance to be the first quarterback picked in this draft and when I'm looking at quarterbacks I look how they under how they understand a pocket that spin move he did to navigate the pocket and keep he literally was doing a spin move and keeping his head downfield almost like an owl. I don't even know how he was able to keep his head like that. Change platforms like you see the greats like Aaron Rodgers. I think yeah. Matt Stafford might have the best, uh, I'd say, range of where he almost throws some submarine type of balls. And you need that in the NFL, especially, right. let's say, like a guy like Jalen Hurts, who is a shorter quarterback. You have to have that because there's big guys at the line of scrimmage that you have to throw around. No, it's a great point. Like being able to throw at so many different angles. It's why I love watching Matt Stafford because sometimes you got the sidearm over top. Like they have such smooth mechanics and they have such just natural arm talent that they can throw so many different balls so many different ways. And especially like you said, when you're smaller, you can overcompensate that way. He just, and he throws, by the way, man, his deep ball too is just beautiful. I mean, it's tough not to fall in love with him as a prospect. I think the draft network had a. It was in. They had those 4K cameras that. Yeah, like, those were great. Like from another dimension. Yeah. They had the field level of the one touchdown he threw to the corner of the end zone, and he oh just gosh. put this ball in a bucket, dude. And th- when you look at quarterbacks and the wide receiver's job looks easier, mm-hmm. it's because the quarterback is that accurate. And I'm looking at this class. I look at Carson Strong. I look at our guy right now, Matt Corral, I look at those two guys as the guys that have that arm talent and really can fit some unbelievable balls and deep balls into some crazy windows. Don't sleep on Kenny Pickett, though. His year that he's having this year is going under the rate. They continuously are putting up crazy points on offense. They have is he of- your QB3? I was about to ask you, like, I think Willis and Corral are top no. two right now. I, I like Carson Strong Who's your Strong QB3? A lot. Strong's your QB3 I right like now? I like Carson Strong a lot, yeah. I think he's not the most mobile guy, but he... Yeah. If he that, was, but, I would like him a lot more. That's the only I know you saw, to I know you saw the play from the Fresno State game because I yeah. made sure you went back. It was identical to that Matt Corral play where they're in the pocket, they do mm-hmm. that spin move and just change planes and are able to get that ball downfield. And the thing about this class is there's so many. It's going to range from whoever you talk to. My list is going to be different from your yeah, list. Yeah, mine's Desmond Ritter right now, and you could say it's Kenny Pickett. You could saw say – draft ahead, Ritter to yeah. the Eagles. It's yeah, I saw – we finally saw a, a Ritter to the Eagles from the draft network. I mean, you could make the case for a Hayner. There's a lot of players in this draft that – um, you know, even Sam Howell still, I guess you can make the case for, I wouldn't, and you probably wouldn't either, but yeah, I, I think it's I like uh, a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I just, last year when he had right that there. offense though, I mean, Baker in that, I mean, he does do a lot of things. That but that's just another guy you can win with. I'll, I'll just run it back with Jalen hurts. Like I, for me, if I'm going to, again, if I'm going to not give Jalen hurts another year, I'm trying to take a step up when it comes oh, to, yeah. 
you know, compl- it, like it needs to be a big step up. And again, a lot of people, Gino would say this class doesn't have that player. And that's why so many people are talking about Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson. But again, I just think people need to, they need to focus more on this draft than anything, because I just think the chances of getting those guys as badly as I would want one, is just mm-hmm. very minimal right now. And it's not that the Eagles wouldn't try. It's not that they don't have the ammunition, but it takes two to tango. And I just, I don't know if, even if the Eagles weren't like a super toxic situation, there's a lot of ideal, more ideal spots out there. And mm-hmm. that's why I personally watched that game so intently between Wilson Corral, because those are the guys that I'm focused on that if Hertz is not going to be the quarterback next year, it's because the Eagles fell in love with convinced themselves to fall in love with one of those two guys, or like you said, Carson strong, Desmond Ritter, one of those players in this class. And I tweeted out when it was reported that, how he would be at the North Carolina Pittsburgh game. Yeah. And I just put the eyeball things to it. And obviously everybody does that just making a joke. But the thing is the Eagles are always going to evaluate every quarterback in every class. It's who they are. If they could take a step up there, which they did with Jalen Hurts at that QB two position, which they wanted to at the time, he is now there. Can you step up from that? And if they evaluate a quarterback, which Malik Willis has the traits you and I love, and after, and by the way, real quick on Willis before you keep going, like his offensive people are, line stinks. People are going to say that he, oh, look what happens when he played an SEC team. He played an SEC team, but his team didn't suddenly become an no. SEC team. Gino, it's one guy that's SEC mm. talent level against a whole yeah. roster of them. What like, did Joe on. Douglas? What did Joe Douglas say when they drafted Dallas Goddard? Do you remember this quote? I do. I don't. For I don't. He remember. says when evaluating small school prospects, which yeah. Liberty is an independent, they're not in a conference right now. They would be right. considered one of those. Small smaller schools, do they dominate three out of every four plays? And when Dallas Goddard, you turn on the tape, you knew who Dallas Goddard was on that tape. You throw on a Liberty offense game, you know who Malik Willis is. And he pulled them back in the game against a ranked SEC team. Mm -hmm. Like that, like you look at Josh Allen in 2018 when Wyoming played, I think it was Iowa or Iowa State, I can't remember, like, they didn't stand a chance. But again, it's the same situation. Wyoming's roster didn't suddenly become, you know, power five level. He also threw for like 68 yards against Oregon's 128th ranked defense, but that's a different conversation. Uh, But I I look at Willis, I look at Carson Strong, I look at all these guys we're talking about, Lou, right? And when you're evaluating a quarterback, you go through all those boxes. What is their ceiling? What is their floor? You and I love the arm talent because we live and die by the deep ball. We see what we have in Devontae Smith. We saw what we had in Deshaun Jackson. For all those years, we want to get back to that style of offense where you're not limited. I look at that play from Justin Herbert, that big throw to Mike Williams, where he is on a bootleg and is asked to throw completely across the other side of the field. Could Jalen Hurts make that throw? No, I mean, Gino, he had an opportunity in the red zone against the Chargers where he went off platform when he shouldn't have. Like He felt pressure that wasn't there. He was expecting a blitz. It was picked up. And Jalen Hurts had to throw across his body, off platform, falling backwards. Devontae Smith won his one-on-one battle in the left corner of the end zone. Hurts missed him. Everybody saw the video of Devontae like pointing up, like put mm-hmm. more touch on that football. Like when he's been given the opportunities to make those plays, week 17 last year against Washington, uh, to Quez Watkins in the same spot in the end zone, couldn't make it. I, I like again, you don't have to have elite generational arm talent to be a franchise quarterback, but it goes a long way when you can make plays like that that others can't. 
um, and overcompensate sometimes. You, and it was it was tough to watch a guy like Justin Herbert. You get jealous because the Eagles have had those kind of guys before. So he was my uh, and then you watch Corell and Willis. Dude, come on, I saw the guy. I saw every snap he played in college. Right. I I love that type of player. And I do too. I'm always going to be biased towards that kind of style. Yeah, and I think you can. We know you can win with a guy like Jalen Hurts. It's just is there somebody better? In this class, and I look at the idea of trading for a guy like Russell Wilson or Rodgers, you're going to have to empty your your draft class. Right. If you could go into this draft, get one of those guys, even if you don't move Hurts, you're going to bring him into camp and compete. And I think what you've gotten out of Hurts, like that pick has been a big bonus for us. I, I know you hate it, hated it at the time, but now, Lou, like even this year without Carson Wentz, they have a quarterback capable of, but it cost healthy. them Carson Wentz, though. It, That's my still. There's many, many factors. It's not just Jalen Hurts. But that was the it. straw that broke the camel's back. Absolutely. But you got to play, got to go against competition, buddy. The world's not given to Aaron you. Aaron Rodgers but, didn't like it either. I don't, hey, but he's gonna, doing it. He's he, there, bro. He's there. He saw what Jordan That's only because they gave him front office say, and they. You you wanted Jordan Love in Philadelphia. You are ridiculous, Lou. You're out of your mind. Okay, okay but now we're going to a completely separate you conversation. Said, you gotta start talking about <laughs> I said keep an eye out for it because if they don't like the QB class, they're not getting Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. No, Maybe they go for a first round talent. But we could get into the Wentz and Hurts thing all day. We but could go down this rabbit hole. Yeah, it, it, we we don't have enough time at this point. Uh, Gino, I do want to get back into Jalen Hurts though to wrap up the show coming up next. Uh, comparison to Teddy Bridgewater, actually, who they play against the Denver Broncos on Sunday. And guys, this episode of Lockdown QB One is brought to you by an incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's Get Upside. Our listeners are making up to twenty-five cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the app store or Google Play right now and use the promo code touchdown and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents in cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code touchdown to get up to 50 cents per gallon in cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Once again, just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. All right, guys, Louis DiBiase, Locked On Eagles, alongside Gino Camilleri. We thank you for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. This is a Friday edition of the show, wrapping up the week of podcasts. All five of them are available on all podcast platforms. It's Locked On QB1. And Gino, wrapping up the show, it's Jalen Hurts against Teddy Bridgewater. and um, you know, I actually kind of think that there's a good comparison here to be made. I don't think stylistically they're the same player, but like, couldn't you see if Jalen Hurts doesn't take that next step and this is who he is, I could see very much like a Teddy Bridgewater-like career path where he's a guy that, first off, a locker room will always want to play for. Every team that Teddy goes to, they love him, right? I feel like everywhere Jalen Hurts goes, they're going to love him. And if the roster is right, you can win with that guy. And you can have a long career as a, a bridge starter or a high-end backup in that way. And I, I do feel like that there is kind of a, a, a career projection there with Hertz. It could be, you know, everybody says, like, if it's the ceiling, it's Russell Wilson, it's Dak Prescott. But I think if it, if it is right now what he is for the majority of his career, that does kind of feel like a Teddy Bridgewater type of career. I don't think that's a bad comparison at all. And 
it they're not stylistically the no same. no no I that's mean. what i was saying i'm just saying yeah, like you no, could always do work you i want to clarify worse, that right? because that's yeah not no they are that, not the that's same not player the point at all you're talking about but no what you're saying is he's a he's one of those i'd say above average starters yeah. that can and you're always you can, like still like maybe he takes an right snap, like last know? week it's against like, dallas teddy's yeah. like all world the guy's making yeah. these throws that coming out of louisville i i loved him for me and my my best friend who got married last week back in the day when Louisville played Florida in the bowl game. We watched that game together, and we started calling Teddy Bridgewater the truth after that Dude, game. Same. I have a Teddy Bridgewater Louisville jersey in my yeah. closet. We fell I'm in love a, with I'm a that huge guy. Teddy guy. And, yeah. and you look at it, I mean, when it's all said and done, you and I don't want Jalen Hurts to fail. We want him to be successful wherever he goes. It's, he's a likable guy. He's a winner. He doesn't cause problems. Nick Sirianni and him are having talks every Friday just about life. He's just an easy guy to like. But football's business, and if they feel they can upgrade there, of course. But Jalen Hurts, if Chase Daniel and Sam Bradford yeah. and these bums can make it in the NFL, Jalen Hurts is going to have right. a career. He's an he's athlete. He's have a long career. He can, th- he can make throws. He's a guy that's a leader. He's smart. He's going to be an asset to any locker room. And that's why I said it's going to be a good test because it's like those guys, I feel, are right on par with each other. Like they have very similar production. They have very similar ideologies when it comes to throwing, like where their targets are. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be guys that are blowing it away, throwing you down the field. They don't have K.J. Hamler currently. They're down at the wide receiver position. They're going to work you in those intermediate to – a little bit longer than short areas with their tight ends, with their wide receivers, Jerry Judy, now that he's back. But they're not going to blow you away with the deep ball. It's going to be a similar offense. Like in this game, it's going to be two running offenses with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon over there in Denver. And then you have Boston Scott, you have Jordan Howard and Kenny Gainwell. And then it's what quarterback cannot turn the ball over, Yep, can put those balls in the air when needed, and can, I would say, have a better completion percentage in this game because let's say each guy throws 22% or 22 throws. If one guy completes 68%, one guy completes 59 to 60%, you know which quarterback is going to come out on top. I want to see Jalen win that battle because he was right there with Justin last week when it came to production and scoring when they needed to. It's now can you beat a guy that you're Mm -hmm. on par with? And I think this is another good test. And yeah. I, I keep saying it's a test each week, and that's what their motto is. It's the next round. You learn a little bit each round. Continue to learn and continue to find out what Jalen Hurts is and what this offense succeeds at. And going against Denver, who's down at the linebacker position, Pat Sertain is hurt. You have a chance to go out and play a defense that does not have the athletes that the Chargers did and put up a, a pretty decent score. I think the and they have Ronald have Darby, so let's, uh, yeah. let's use some Run sluggos. Some sluggos baby. at him, buddy. Yeah. I talked to Cody, though, day. of uh, Lockdown Broncos yesterday, Gino. That was my last question was about Darby. He says he's having a good year, so – um, we'll believe it when we see it, though, on yeah, Sunday. We'll, we'll see. Let's I'll run some double moves with Devontae. Let's try to get him lined up with Ronald Darby. It's going to be a great game. Uh, you're going to the game, right? Yes, sir. I have not bought tickets, but I will put what section I am in once I do get those tickets. If you want to meet me, I'll be there. Oh, yeah. It'll be the first time I'm ever in in power at Mile High Stadium. If you guys want to meet at tailgate, I'll be there with my fiance. I'll be cooking out probably. I don't know what I'm making yet. I always come up with something creative. I'm excited. Is there a signature Denver food? Or I don't, is that not a thing? It's It's a big 
I'd say like you get good Mexican food here for sure. There's That's a, actually a big... what somebody else told me too that lives in Denver. So yeah. Oh yeah, there's a, a lot of individuals who have either come to from Mexico yeah. to Denver or have right. family that have been born here. They love their Denver Broncos, man. The population here, they love them. They yeah, they're, they're good fans too. right now. So yeah, it's going to be a good they know atmosphere. They're talking about and they're realistic. They know yes. that they're not world beaters, but they know that they're in a yeah. division that they have a chance. And I think Cody's a great guy, and they have a great mm. podcast over there. We always have a good talk with Absolutely. them. Let's see uh, if we can have another big play like Elshon when he uh, cooked uh, Keeb to leave yeah, back in right. 2017. Yeah, yeah, that. that was a great game, and we'll see if the Eagles can uh, you know, mirror that performance in 2017 on Sunday. Great. It would be incredible, guys. Make sure you check out the post-game show after the game on Sunday, as well as all five shows throughout the week on every podcast platform that you can find, Lockdown Eagles. We're also on YouTube and on Twitter at Lockdown Birds, at DBLCLOE, at GC24 underscore football. That's going to do it for this week of shows. Enjoy the game. We'll talk after that. For my co-host, Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. Thank you for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And let's go birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.